Welcome back to Light Dark Blue, the Brisbane Grammar School podcast. This episode is dedicated to the late Professor Peter Taylor, who played a pivotal role in building the school's capacity as a learning organisation. Peter's dedication, professionalism and kindness touched all of us and he will be dearly missed. Peter worked in the organisational learning team, which is headed by Dr Hannah Campos-Ramon. We've invited Hannah along today to talk about learning organisations, what actually is a learning organisation and what effect might it have on the boys to attend a school that identifies as a learning organisation. We'll also be talking to Hannah about Peter's integral role in this shift and how his involvement will continue to shape the school and the boys long into the future. Thanks for joining us, Hannah. Can we start by clarifying what exactly is a learning organisation? I guess an easy way to think about it is it's almost like akin to research and development processes that you see in the in the private sector. So this this notion of of improvement and, and seeking improvement at a school level is not unusual. There's plenty of um, initiatives in the literature where people have gone out to pursue the latest ideas or what have you coming from educational research and learning theory. But what the uh, research does show is that most improvement initiatives. Um, either don't work or aren't sustainable. And why is that? Why don't they work? How is what BGS is doing different to other school improvement programs? We know from the research that whatever's being discovered um, from research usually takes about 17 years um, to have an impact in the classroom. A lot of what has driven school improvement has either been sort of a top-down or an outside-in approach. So there's a new big idea Somebody elsewhere or the powers that be in in, um, government suggest this is the new thing to do and that gets sort of um, off the shelf plugged into what happens at a school. Um, But what really matters at at school levels is what works for students in their learning and customising that to context. That approach doesn't allow for that. So that's when you start to get problems with um, the, the success and sustainability of these types of improvement efforts. So... The idea of a learning organisation is, is an alternative approach that gets around those problems. And that's where the contribution of our dear friend, Professor Peter Taylor, comes in. It was really based on his vision of a different way that we were able to conceive of this notion of a learning organisation and what that would mean for grammar. So you're customising the existing research to fit in the context of the school and adapting it as you go. Is that right? That's absolutely correct, Harry. So what that's meant is that instead of being this 17-year gap, we've been able to turn around our our evidence-based and and methodologically rigorous learning within one to two years at the school. But there's more to it than that as well. It's not just about the school having a couple of in-house experts who sit away in their little cave doing their thing. It's really this vision from Peter that... We're talking about developing capacity across the organisation through culture, but also within the people that we're working with. I won't go into too much depth, but it's all based around these notions of um, professional learning communities, communities of practice where teachers work together to collaboratively develop the the, uh, day-to-day teaching practices that really make a difference to boys and their learning. What really characterises the real hallmark of this learning organisation approach. And there's stuff in the literature on this. There's, you know, papers from the OECD about what makes a school as a learning organisation. 
And that's really informed our thinking. But we try to stay close to um, Peter Taylor's notion of professional generosity, that we're better together. And then when we work together in these intentional ways, that's uh, where progress um, gets created and accelerated. Uh, that approach in the last few years has allowed us to take actually quite an innovative step towards the concept of developing the boys' self-regulation for learning. Can we talk about this concept of self-regulation? If I'm understanding correctly, self-regulation is where the boys learn to recognise their own learning motivations or behaviours and then use what they have learnt about themselves to achieve a goal. From what we've discussed on the podcast, there is an emphasis on building the boys' self-regulation at grammar. Why is this so important? It's a great question and, it, and it's the crux of sort of why we're here today talking, why this series exists um, and, and the, the, the overall reasons and rationale for, for the improvement we're trying to seek at the school. If you think about any given boy that attends grammar, that he could have a, a range of different characteristics. He could be there because his parents are really trying to help him succeed even though he might not feel naturally academically strong. Or he might be a shining star who finds it easy to get A grades uh, all the way through his, his career at the school. Whether you're option A or option B, a focus on self-regulation allows us to bring something more to the education of that boy um, in a way that prepares him for his life beyond when he leaves grammar. So whether it's um, not just entrance into university, but preparation to uh, learn differently in the university setting and, and to develop some of the applied skills that many university courses require, or whether it's uh, later in life entering the workforce potentially into a career or a role that doesn't even exist yet. These are the sorts of uh, dispositions and capacities that can make a difference. Um, so whether he's a, a, a struggler who wants to get better or whether he's blowing the lights out early, uh, this is something that he can grow. I can see in here sitting across from you, your, your passion for the research behind these, these new education concepts. But can I ask what gets you excited about what you're doing here at BGS? I think the answer is learning is really interesting because it's such a human thing. And um, to be able to come to work and work with students um, where I get to watch them in this process of the, one of the most vital functions we perform as human beings, which is learning, um, and, and all the humanity that you see in that and all the variations of that um, is really exciting. To do it at BGS where there's a really strong sense of community and culture and belonging that they're safe to do that uh, makes it a very positive experience. Um, but also the, the expertise and the vocation that we have among our staff is another level of fascination for me. So um, learning and expertise about learning, uh, that's always been my interest. And so this, this role is almost custom made to fit that interest, if that makes sense. Certainly. Another kind of philosophical question, Hannah, if there's one thing that you would want BGS boys to walk away with, from their time at the school, what would it be? I think one of the best things that any education can do for any student is to develop their identity as a learner. 
So this notion of self-regulation is really about giving a learner control over that. So if they're able to customise the learning experience that they get at BGS in a way that they can be themselves in the learning and have agency over their learning throughout their life, um, that's the ultimate good of what education can do. Final question, Hannah. We've spoken a lot today about learning. What have you learned recently about learning? We've known for a long time and it's been key to the work that we do that learning is partly social. We talk a lot in the learning organisation team and and in professional learning with our teachers about how people learn together and how learning is inherently collaborative. So we knew that. Um, But thinking again of our, our friend Peter Taylor and how collaborative he was thinking about what it's going to be like to do this work at Grammar now without him. Um, It's really made me realise that when you collaborate in your learning, it doesn't just make your learning deeper and better in that moment. It actually changes how you learn moving forward. I have written on my whiteboard at work, what would Peter say? Because he and I would often learn and think together and I, I have the incredible gift of that legacy of understanding uh, a little bit about how his perspective can broaden um, whatever it is we're working on in, in that moment. So he really has changed the depth that I've been able to get to as a learner and, and so that collaboration will, will live on if you like. Well Hannah, I think that's a great point to end it on. It sounds like Professor Peter Taylor had a profound impact and effect on the school and the teachers and of course the boys. Thanks very much for sparing the time to talk to us and thanks again to everyone listening at home. Please don't forget to subscribe to Light Dark Blue.